Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Joining me on the West Her Hotline, Mr. Matt Prino. And I say the best for last, as I did have Marcel Louis-Jacques on the show earlier. So uh, hopefully uh, he's not listening because that's a pretty big compliment from a man, Matt Perino. But uh, Perino, what's going on, man? How are you? Listen, that's the way that it goes. There's no reason for you to have to butter me up. I No call, no show two that's, weeks ago. That is right. And lefty in the lurch, as usual, though, the, the professional that you are, you, uh, you know, just you went on a little rant on. there and uh, made up for my uh, absence. I uh, tuckered on, me. and uh, I have every intention of making you pay for that during the Bills Media Golf Tournament uh, here in, uh, in a week. I, I have every intention of there's no way this year I'm letting Skursky win. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm coming for the title this year, and I intend, I intend to win, just so you know. Listen, uh, I'm. My goal is not to finish last, so we're we're doing this thing a little bit differently. We're saying the but, same. Thing. Hey, it's a good time. We're gonna have some fun. Yes, yes, we are. I'm really looking forward to it. Getting all the uh, the guys and gals of the Bills media up together. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. Um, all right, so Perino, we've got nothing to unpack because the Bills have given us no stories this week. It's as content creators <laughs> for the Bills, you know. Sometimes I just want them to give us a little something, you know, give give us something to talk about, give the people something. But in a real note, um, it has been kind of a crazy week. Um, where I kind of want to start with you is. I want to brush uh, or, or broadly stroke this Cole Beasley situation. Um, I didn't, f- between you and I, um, and it's not between you and I because we're on the radio, but between you and I, <laughs> I didn't have a big desire to talk about it today. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think the the, the core principle of it is no matter what, I guess from my my perspective here is I don't really want to go on record with what my opinion is of it because it doesn't really matter what my opinion is of it. And I'm not going to ask you to give your opinion of it during this segment, but I do kind of want to get a feel for what you believe the possible ramifications of the last 24 hours could be. I mean, anytime you have a player going out and saying, like, I'm willing to retire over this thing is kind of a weird situation. And, and I, I, I assume that there's no way that what happened and what took place on Twitter yesterday isn't going to be addressed within the organization um, as a whole. And for whatever reason, the Bills seem to be front and center in this entire vaccination co- um, uh, conversation. And there's conversations happening across every 30, all 32 teams across the league, but the Bills are front and center on it. What are the ramifications? You know, it's you laid out it, it all out pretty well there, um, and I, I agree. It's it's hard to talk about this because, you know, as a reporter, it's 
I don't want to put my view into this thing, right? Because, you know, whether whatever that opinion might be, it's going to rub people the wrong way. And it's just a very divisive topic. And what I go back to is at the beginning of, you know, the spring program here, when we finally got a chance to catch up with Sean McDermott, this is a guy that really historically puts his players first in every situation. And you can tell the, you know, uh, concern level that he had about what was looming here with the, you know, obviously the various, you know, members of his team that have kind of this opinion and or this stance. And what I think you've seen also is, you know, a lot of people were talking about as the press conferences went on this spring, like, why do you keep asking about this? And this is the reason, because people have takes on this, and it's going to eventually, maybe not now, Nate, in the spring, but eventually it has the potential to impact football. If Cole Beasley retires because of all of this, and again, you know, that's way down the road, and I don't, I, I think, you know, if that's the case, I think cooler heads would end up prevailing, uh, figure out a way to get through this season with the protocols and all those kinds of things. Then it, it becomes a football issue because that's a second team all pro wide receiver that a Super Bowl contender no longer has on its roster. So I think that what this thing has done for me is really emphasize or re-emphasize, and I never wavered on it, why this topic should be handled, should be covered, should be asked about. And when you start asking about people to stifle lines of questioning, you get yourself yeah. in very murky water. You do. And I think the ramifications are, you know, it could have an impact. Like, listen, I think that the way Sean and Brandon have handled this thing, the way the team has handled things, John Policiano coming out in support of Cole Beasley while also saying that he's vaccinated, but he respects his teammates enough for them to have the stance that they have and stand behind them because, you know, in a locker room, you're, you're part of a family. You're That's part right. of a brotherhood. And so I, I think, long, long story short, I don't think the ramifications are going to be, you know, horrible. I think that this is a mature bunch that's going to figure out a way to handle it. But right now, the, the optics of this thing aren't great. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think what's important and maybe, maybe it has to be said, right, is I don't think, especially in the media, that we want to feel like these athletes – um, need to muzzle themselves, need to not go out on record to say, in fact, for the most part, it's a little selfish for us to say, hey, we want more from you when we ask you questions. We just don't want the, you know, the coach speak. But then and times when it's maybe a topic we don't really care about or don't want to hear about, tell them that they shouldn't have those opinions. So it is a full-on catch-22 that I'm fully understanding of. But I think at the same time, if you're Sean McDermott or you're Brandon Bean, I think that you want to be able to tell your players that if, you ha- if you're passionate about something, to be in the front line of them. Give, But at the same time, you kind of have to be consistent on this. And the thing, I guess my complaint about the Cole Beasley situation is he really hasn't been consistent on this. And I think a lot of his reasoning is flawed. So although I respect his his right to go out and have opinions on it, I think there needs to be a little bit more consistency for in order for him to do that. And and I, I don't think that's me you know, telling him he's wrong or saying he shouldn't have an opinion. I just think that if you're the Bills, I think you want to have one message as a team. And I think that is probably why, if there's going to be ramifications or if there's worries within the locker room, within the front office, it's based around the fact that we have one player who is sort of 
going in a direction that we wanted to avoid and we want to have this one message coming from the organization and now we have a spokesperson who is sort of speaking on behalf of the organization even if that's not his intention exactly and Another big thing I took from this, and I think you're alluding to it here, is this is three days after Sean McDermott really came out with another strong statement tripling down on the fact that this team is moving in the right direction. They're still emphasizing that they want their guys vaccinated, try to get to that threshold. A team in their own division, the Miami Dolphins, have have reportedly surpassed that threshold. And now you're talking about a competitive disadvantage if you don't get there. And whether or not Cole Beasley thinks it's, it's... Here's the thing. I think, judging by his comments, and if you go, want to go and read through all of it, he posted a personal statement, as I'm sure you've been talking about all morning. You know, he basically, it, it sounds to me like he just doesn't want to go through another season, you know, with protocols right. uh, like it was last year. And the problem is, is you can't have it both ways. That's right. And I think that, the, you know, I sent my son to school and he said to wear a mask every single day, even though, you know, you know, However, we want to think about this. You know, the chances of spreading this thing in schools, at the, especially in the last month or so, you know, there's been some pretty good research on the fact that it's, you know, you might be able to you know, relax that a little bit. But that's the rules. Yeah. Even if I have a thought, or even if I think that that's the way that it should be, I, if I want to send him to school, I have to follow the rules. That's that's what I think is rubbing some people the wrong way. Is just it just it seems like Cole just thinks that he's above the rules uh, in a lot of ways. But I get it too. And I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth. That's right. I understand the frustration around all this, Nate. Like, it's frustrating for all of us on all ends. I want to be talking about this depth chart right now with you. I don't want to be talking about this stuff. So it's tough. I understand the frustration all around. Yeah, and I think the the opposite coin of this, because I think you're totally right, Matt. I don't want to be talking about it. I've said as much. I don't really want to talk about it. But at the same time, you can't have a two-and-a-half-hour tweet storm with a public service announcement and then say, why is everybody talking about this? Do you, you know what? Like, I just think it's <laughs> right. so – and then the people that are like, I defend Cole Beasley, why do you have to be so outspoken about it, everyone that, that is an opposing video? Because he's on the record now. Like, he's posting public service announcements and having – and responding back to tweets and tweeting – so, like – I just don't know how everybody can be happy in this. I, in fact, there, you can't be. And as much as all of us want to move on, I'm with you 100% where I agree that if you're an NFL player right now, it is super frustrating, right? Like you want to be, you want to go back to 2019 where you could go out and you could go into public and not have to worry about the ramifications of potentially bringing in the the virus into the locker room and and not feeling like you are imprisoned because you play NFL football. I get it, but there's a certain line that I think everybody sort of has to understand that if he's going to talk about it, it's literally our job to report on it, and in some cases, for some people, to give our opinions on it. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that, you know, as we get closer to this thing, I guess to round back to, you know, your original question, I think that what needs to happen is what's already been happening. And that's conversation on the topic. It sounds like the NFLPA and Cole Beasley finally were able to connect after some uh, cross lines, mixed signals there early on. Matthew Fairburn from The Athletic reported originally that they had talked, and Cole Beasley said, I haven't talked to anybody. And so, you know, Having that communication, that's what I think Sean and Brandon have done such a good job on, is they've allowed for people to have their own opinion, voice that opinion, and, and, and handle this in a, in a respectable way. And you've got guys like Micah Hyde and yeah. you know, even Jordan Poyer, who, you know, if you follow his wife on social media, they, you know, they're on, the I would imagine, the Cole Beasley side of things here. And, and Jordan Poyer's handled this thing 
pretty professionally yeah, throughout agreed. the process. So I think they'll they'll continue to work through it. Yeah, and the last thing I want to, I, I guess, point I want to make on this conversation before I talk to you about some stadium stuff and OTAs here is I, you know, part of me is I guess the frustration that exists in me, Matt, is I think it's okay to have differing opinions. I I think everyone has a right to that opinion, but your point I think is super important because. Cole isn't really allowing for anyone. He, If the Bills were to come in and say, hey, we want to have an education seminar. We want to bring doctors in. We want to address all the concerns that a player who might be skeptical of a vaccine. I want you to have all of the resources to understand this better from a scientific perspective. It doesn't seem like there's interest from Cole Beasley to do that based on some of his feedback and some of the things he's saying to other people. It seems like he's dug in his opinion and he's really unwilling to waver regardless of the facts that are presented to him. So Part of this, the frustration for people like me is, even if we were to offer you a, a a friendly hand to say, I disagree with you, here's some information, it doesn't really seem like there's receptiveness on his behalf. Right, and I think that goes back to the Montez Sweat yep. issue uh, last week where you know, he basically put out you know, a, a quote uh, talking to reporters that you know, just didn't make him look like he was talking out of both sides of his mouth. He said he wants more information, but when information is being provided, he's not interested in it. You know, at the end of the day, I think that the most important thing in all of this, and I, I go back to it, what I said a little while ago, is consistently staying with that open-minded approach. Yeah. And you mentioned it. This approach from Cole seems, you know, and I think it's probably born out of frustration. I think that a lot of the guys were kind of, you know, kind of working out on their own, waiting for OTAs, getting there, hoping for some open communication, and maybe he feels that the communication hasn't been strong enough. And I, I can understand that yeah. as well. If the communication isn't there, then work, then, then maybe this is a stunt to try to provoke that. And if that's the case, I do kind of – I'll give Cole the benefit of the doubt in that department, even if I think that there's been some faulty uh, parts of this whole approach. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the stadium situation that literally has just developed over the last 12 hours. Big scoop by our buddy Thad Brown um, over at Roche- over in Rochester for RochesterFirst.com. Um, are you? What's your opinion of the plan to potentially, or at least realistically, remain in Orchard Park? Yeah, personally, I was a little bit bummed out at first. Uh, I was kind of team downtown uh, throughout this whole process. I mean, I, I, I laid out like this for people. Like, I love Orchard Park. I love the tailgating opportunities that it provides. I've had some of my, you know, my, my fondest memories uh, in these first three years covering the team, being out in the, in the tailgates before the game. But, you know, driving down, or we, we took the subway down to the Blue Jays game uh, a week or two ago. And just, you know, taking the subway for the first time since I was a kid into this downtown Buffalo, which is just booming all of a sudden. You know, 10 years ago, if you would have told me that downtown Buffalo would have the feel that it has right now, I would have said you're nuts. And I, and I thought, like, listen, adding a stadium to the mix down there would be the play. Uh, but I think this makes a ton of sense from a financial perspective. You know, from uh, the fact that they already have their headquarters down there, with the practice facility and all that. I get it. And there's roots there, man. This goes back to the 70s. I mean, you know, people that have had their houses out there that have people parking, you know, it's, it's right. uh, uh, on game days, it's a fraternity. It's a family. And, and you don't want to take that away either. I think either way that this ended up going, I would have probably gotten to the point where I was like, okay, uh, you know, they, they, they did it, it seems, with everybody's opinion in mind. And so that's a good thing. 
Matt Perino here in New York Upstate on the Wester Hotline, Syracuse.com, the Shout podcast, of course, as well. Um, wondering, too, uh, the, the reports about um, the Bills potentially having to play in a neutral site for one I even saw two seasons. Um, that would be a pretty severe. That, that's kind of an extreme situation, um, regardless of how you spin it. So let's say, for instance, Matt, that there is a deal for the Bills to go play across the border in Toronto. Uh, do you believe there are better ways to maybe relocate the team temporarily, rather than move them out of either the state um, or, in this case, I know it's it's going to sound crazy, but the country um, in order to play football games when you know maybe you may, might want to look at like you be or something closer to home where maybe you aren't alienating a whole bunch of local fans yeah i live about uh a stone's throw from the university of buffalo uh the alma mater so i'm obviously in that camp if they have to if they have to uh go that direction but um listen i think the toronto experiment didn't really work when they tried it uh you know it's been cool to watch the baseball team uh come over here and the support we just didn't see that for the bills in 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 canada so penn state's interesting if they need a uh you know a big type of environment but i i feel like if you're doing those like interim situations you don't necessarily need that i don't think like you know even if you wanted to make ub a little bit more you know a a little bit bigger that's the point you know, get more fans in there. I understand that, but what are you what are you going to do in Penn State? You're going to have you know everybody have to travel down there. I mean, it's closer to like Pittsburgh Steelers country down there. That one just feels a little bit like it would be a miss. I think that's the point here that I think we need to talk about, which is an opportunity for the county, the Pagulas, or whoever would ultimately foot the bill to retrospect UB Stadium to be a little bit more. Up to date, but I think maybe a little bit more consumer friendly would be, I think, a really good opportunity for UB to expand that stadium a little bit, make it a little bit more friendlier for the uh, for the fans in the stands. Like that to me makes way more sense than sending them to Toronto or Penn State. Definitely, and I think. Listen, by the way, like you mentioned, kudos to Mike Catalano and Thad Brown on the scoop. A really cool, cool thing on a Sunday night. I know. Or on a Friday night, a lot of times we forget about the talent that's out in Rochester, and they absolutely crushed it on this. But, you know, another thing to think about is, you know, these are the early details of this thing. And, you know, I, I take Mike, Mike's report and the, and the fact that they're focusing in on a plan. This plan is still probably going to need to materialize in a lot of ways. And I, I would imagine some of these things are early ideas in the process. And I think that they'll, they'll probably use some type of task force to make these decisions. You know, because any type of thing where you're talking about a season's worth of games, that's a big-time commitment and a big-time decision that impacts a lot of people in the Bills community. Yeah, last thing on the stadium too, Matt, is I I do find it interesting that the talk is around a full outdoor stadium, potentially an overhang sort of like Hard Rock uh, Stadium down in Miami where maybe you could protect some of the fans in the upper level and some of the parts of the lower level from some of the conditions. Do you see this as a missed opportunity to maybe build that retractable dome um, to give them an opportunity in the really severe weather situations to to give their their team maybe a, a less of a disadvantage in some of those weather situations? You know, this is a team that I think really gives Josh Allen a voice from Brandon Bean. I would imagine the Pagulas as well. And I think that while he has talked about like the advantages of playing inside a dome, I think that there's a little bit a little piece of him that kind of likes the idea of playing in the elements and, you know, the history of what that means to be the Bills quarterback in January in the elements. 
Um, and I wonder if that doesn't play into this thing. I have no inside knowledge on that. I'm just thinking out loud. I know it would make more sense probably long-term to take that out of the equation. You know, I've heard several people talk about Terry Pagula's, you know, liking that. And sorry about the win. We're about to, you know, get after it here out on the baseball diamond. Oh, all but, good, brother. Um, uh, but, you know, I think that – I think – it sounds a little bit better than maybe it would be in reality to put up the dome because I think you, you learn pretty quickly that those elements and that, you know, blue-collar, hard-nosed mentality of playing in those elements is, is part of what of the charm, you know, amongst Bill's Mafia. So I'm, I'm fine with either way. I get the, the line of thinking either way. All right, last thing I have for you before I let you go here, buddy. Um, thoughts on... Thoughts on OTAs. Anyone stand out to you in particular that you'd like to go on record as saying, like, I think this guy's a breakout candidate. I think this guy's someone we're not talking enough about. Ooh, someone we're not talking enough about. That is a really good question. At the start there, I was ready to spurt out Greg Rousseau because I went into this whole process with really limited, yeah. you know, dialed-back expectations of this kid based on the fact that he didn't play last year and, you know, really not knowing if he was going to be able to be effective as an edge rusher right out of the jump. Now, we, I don't know how much we've learned on that front, but he's somebody that has really topped for me in a big way because hmm. not only like what he's doing on the practice field, but what he's doing to, you know, re- get, gain confidence within the coaching staff. Leslie Frazier told us, that this is a guy that you get in the film room with him in a meeting room, you show him something one time, and he's able to apply it once he's out on the grass first time. And that's, that's rare in this league. Frazier actually said that's a rare trait. And so if you're working with that at the jump, I just start like really thinking about the fact that this guy did everything that he did in college basically in one season. And so yeah. just think of the untapped potential. You could be going in here with you know a real chess piece if he's able to give you – any type of consistent production. I like the depth on this defensive line all of a sudden. Uh, one guy in particular that, you know, I guess we're not talking enough about him because, you know, there's a lot of other players to talk about, or maybe we are. It depends on where you go. I still think this is Dane Jackson season, man. I, Levi Wallace has done everything to keep that job, but I just, for some reason, I don't think it's going to be enough. The kid makes plays. He's got a, a savvy about him listening to Jordan Poyer talk about, being motivated because he's able to kind of go out and train with Aaron Donald like he's supposed to be there. And that, that, that motivates a, a six, seven, eight-year vet in this league. I mean, there's something, a special quality to Dane Jackson. I think guys revere him a bit. Um, I think that competition is going to be fun. I, I, think there's a, I heard you talking to Marcel about this. There's some talent at the UDFA uh, position. And, of course, you brought up Nick McLeod yeah. uh, as a Notre Dame guy. I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that because he's been, he's been really good. Elijah Griffin's looked good. There's, I think that my biggest takeaway is there are going to be some hellacious training camp battles, and I can't wait to talk to you about them in a couple months, my buddy. Same here, my friend. Enjoy your Saturday uh, and enjoy some uh, some baseball, and we appreciate you as always, brother. We'll, uh, we'll be talking again soon, and I'll see you in, uh, in a week or so over at the tournament. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.